folks, this is Mike Richardson sitting across the table from Matt Nussbaum, pastor of Exodus Church in Bloomington, Indiana, and you're listening to the podcast entitled Upstream Following Jesus. You know, Matt, I was uh, driving down the road the other day, and I just for the fun of it, I just, I don't know what made me do this, okay? I just started counting churches. So the first one I'm leaving Ellisville, there's a Church of Christ there, and I get on down the road, and there's a Catholic church, and then on up the hill, there's my friend uh, Judd Sears. He's a oneness Pentecostal church, and then I get down into the Bloomington proper, and there's, you know, religious row, I call it, and within <laughs> yeah, a six yeah. block, I mean, there are just church after church after church, and all different denominations. Denominations, of course, and, and of course, if you've been around church any length of time, you've been to a number of denominations. I probably attended, you know, four or five. But you know, the world has got to look at us and think. You guys talk about unity and being unified. What a joke! There's forty-one thousand different yeah. denominations, and you all think you're right, and you all think you've got a better mousetrap. You're yeah. right, and you're just a pinch above yeah. the next one. You figured out a way to do church better, or a little truth somewhere in Scripture that you are more right that makes you more distinctive and more better. Yeah, and then you're just again. I don't know why we have done that, but. Anyway, so I was reading something that you had put up there, and you were talking about a time in your life where you decided, you read something, I'm sure you're going to give the quote here by a guy, and it says, you know what, why don't you try to find the pastor's name, find out who that guy crossed the street that's in competition with you, you know, for these people, and get to know them. So being that as your jumping off platform, tell us what, what brought this about. Actually, there's, there's, it's been a number of years that God's kind of put on my heart of uh, getting to other pastors within the context of people who have the spirit of Jesus in them, but it, that's broader than what we think. And um, so I've, 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 made, I've made it a habit, like I've, I probably know, there's probably 40 pastors in Bloomington that I've initiated with for lunch or coffee and just to get to know wow. them. Because I'm interested in their story, and I'm interested, I'm, I'm, I'm especially uh, passionately obsessed with the prayer of Jesus in John 17, when he says, I pray that they would be one. He, he wants his, he's praying this with his disciples around the table who were a bunch of, there were 11 of them left then because Judas had already left. Right. They, they, I'm sure they had different personalities. They probably didn't, none of them really understood theology that well, but they <laughs> were all lovers of Jesus. But he knew their biggest challenge would be loving each other. Yes. And so I, that's something that God's put on my heart for years. But let me just recount a week of my life a couple, couple years ago that just kind of, kind of emphasizes this for me. So three different appointments I had in one week that I want to talk about. First one was with Father Patrick. And of course, by what I call them, you know, he's a Catholic priest. And if you, some of you like me grew up in an environment where the word Catholic was, oh no, he's Catholic. He can't be Christian. No way, no how they can yeah, be. Yeah, just yeah. kind of conversations. Right. But I've gotten to know Father Patrick pretty well. And uh, occasionally, uh, maybe once, twice a month, I go to one of their weekday masses, and you might think, oh my goodness, they have a pastor going to mass, but let me just say what they do at the mass. They confess sin, they read scripture, and they talk about the life and death of Jesus and his resurrection. So if you just go from that, that's not a bad place to start. Now, there's things that I disagree with, you might disagree with, but so I know Father Patrick pretty well, and they've got a, a big student ministry at their church, and I asked him one time, what's your biggest passion for your student ministry? And he said, I want them to follow Jesus, I want them to be sexually pure. And I want them to be disciples of Jesus. And I thought, that's wow. not a bad thing. And then I said, what's your goal for the whole church? I want people to have Jesus in their hearts. 
So we talked about that. What we did not talk about, we didn't talk about Mariology, transubstantiation, or papal authority. Because <laughs> we right. disagreed about those things. Yes. But we talked about the things that make us one, We about following Jesus. All right. Second conversation that week was with uh, Pastor Derek, a good friend of mine, who was pastor of the church that is a oneness pentecostal okay. church you mentioned yeah i've got that. my friend judge you yep. don't know what oneness pentecostal is they they believe in god the father god the son and god the holy spirit they believe jesus is unique and divine and human and those kind of things but they believe a different concept of how the trinity interacts and mm -hmm. it's 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 even hard for me to explain but it doesn't match what the what people would say the orthodox uh protestant position on it but who can understand? Who who explains that well anyway? I believe in the Trinity, but I don't always understand how that works, right? Correct, right. So, and it's a Pentecostal church, so there's tongue speaking and things like that. So, yes. And Derek's a good friend of mine. Um, I've spoken to their church before. He loves Jesus. He wants his people to follow Jesus. Um, he wants them to understand the Bible. So we talk a lot with him about, when I, he and I get together in this particular time, we talk about Jesus. I went to, I've gone to some of those Bible studies. We talk about those things. What we don't talk about is we haven't talked yet about modalistic monarchianism or glossolalia. <laughs> and again, right. somebody might say, well, those matter. They do matter. They matter. But what matters more is Jesus right now. Let's yes. just focus on that. Okay. So that's my second one. My third conversation that week, I actually went to conversation. I actually, uh, well, it was a conversation with Pastor Richard, Pastor Richard's pastor's Pastor Richard pastors a Baptist church that is a small white Baptist church. I mean, white building, not white color, but yeah, white building. Yeah. And it's everything you would stereotype that to be. They only use the King James Bible published in 1611. So they're very particular <laughs> about that. Okay. And they and there's a reason they believe that way. And so that's a certain subsegment of the Christian world. And But I, I went to one of his Bible studies one time. I'd like to go to the church's studies if I have a chance to. And he was teaching from his King James 1611 version, which I had one with me at my home from my childhood. I brought it with me. He was teaching about the prophet Elijah. He had some really good things to say. He taught well from the Bible and encouraged me in my own heart. All right. So we, we got, we've gotten together for lunch or breakfast, and we talk about challenges of ministry, challenging of helping people become disciples of Jesus, and the tide of culture, and how we as pastors need to stem that. All right, we talk about those things. We don't particularly talk about the Byzantine text, the Alexandrian manuscripts, <laughs> the KGV, NIV, NLT, or ESV. We don't talk about that. And you might say, well, you should. Well, no, those are, yeah, we, we would disagree about those things. Right. We would have, you know, but... What we agree about is way bigger than what we disagree about. We agree about the, the, the deity of Jesus, his work on the cross, his mm. resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that's the same for Father Patrick, Pastor Derek, and Pastor Richard. And and that just got me, and that's a, a picture of, I think we're supposed to learn to love each other in those kind of ways. Now, some of you uh, might have yellow flags or red flags going up. Wait, 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 wait. Is this is this kind of are we falling into the sea of tolerance? Mm -hmm. Everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Compromise, Matt. Yeah, Compromise. As long as we yeah. all love each other and you know sing kubaya or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I will say to you, and I think I think uh, Mike would be the same way. We're both pretty zealous about biblical teaching. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We trust the Bible. We believe that the Bible is inspired in all 66 books, and the theology therein is what we is our only way to understand God. We believe that. So that, say that up front so we're not, we're not wondering about that. But I also believe deeply in the, passion, in the passion of Jesus when he prayed that his disciples would love one another. Mm-hmm. 
And again, think about the people around the table when he said that. There were a bunch of knuckleheads. They disagreed later on. about They argued about things. But Jesus said, I want you to love one another. And loving one another doesn't mean, he didn't say, all men you'll know. He said this, all men you'll know you're my disciples because you love one another. He did not say, all men will know you're my disciples because you have doctrinal correctness and that's going to prove things to people, and that you have con- appropriate con- contempt for those who disagree with you. <laughs> now, please don't oh hear my. me saying doctrinal correctness isn't important. We should study and understand that. But we will not, I promise you, when we get to heaven, Mike, you and I aren't going to be ushered into a room where we're given a test about our doctrines. Yes. And those who score 90 and above get in. Those who score 80 and above will get in eventually once they realign their doctrine. And then once and, you get in, then you're segmented off. Let's see, you're a Baptist. Yeah, so you're yes. going to be so in the far corner. The word right. Baptist, Methodist, those words mean nothing. Nothing. They're just right. human, human kind. And it's important to have those. I'm not it's important to have different groupings how we understand Jesus because it's preferences and things. <laughs> but but Jesus is way more concerned about us loving one another than he's concerned about our doctrinal correctness. And I that, might, <laughs> that might just flail some people off. People might be just getting really upset. And that would have been me 15 years ago. I can't get over the, the proper contempt. <laughs> what you said that it's one thing to you know disagree, but yet we, then we have to have the proper contempt from the other yeah, denominations. I, I, I grew up in a church and wow. I've, I've talked to one of my friends in that church where we believed we were doctrinally correct and we also exercised a certain kind of smug contempt toward those who didn't see it our way, whether it was about the Holy Spirit, about which Bible to use, about whether the gifts of the Spirit existed mm-hmm. after the book of Acts was done, mm-hmm. all those kind of things that Christians, you know, we had clear contempt and smugness toward anything that was Catholic and uh, anything that was way out there Pentecostal, which way out there Pentecostal was anything more than what we did, which wasn't much. So, but again, and those, it's, I'm not, it's not saying truth doesn't matter. I used to be a high school math teacher. And if somebody put two plus two is five, I marked it wrong. Right. A squared plus B squared is C squared. That's how it has to be. Truth matters. But we also need to understand that none of us are scoring hundred percent on the doctrine test right now, because only God knows that. Correct. And if Jesus says, love one another, his primary passion was that. Maybe we'll find the doctrinal correctness out of our love for one another, not out of let's figure out who's right and who's wrong. And let's fight about it. And I'm not saying there's time and places. There are times and places for healthy biblical arguing and disagreement, but always loving one another. I think when you said that, it's like if um, you, know, you put five people in the room and one of them happens to be a mathematics professor from IU, and he's able to figure out the formula, how to find the volume of a sphere. Now, I don't know how to find the volume of a sphere. I probably learned it back in high school, but I don't know it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But all of us know two plus two is four and 10 times 10 is a hundred, but yeah. it's going to get to a point where some of us are going to go, Ooh, I don't know the answer to that, but just because the mathematic professor knows how to calculate the volume of the sphere, he doesn't look down upon us because we all agree on certain things that we can know. Yes. And I think there's probably four or five doctrinal points that you must believe, or you just simply can't be a Christian. I mean, you cannot be, you cannot believe that, you know, that Jesus is a reconstituted version of Michael, the archangel, and he's not part of God at all. You cannot believe that and and be labeled a Christian. And I have another person I talked to, they said, well, Jesus is 
it, the way for some people, but not for others. That's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. So yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not advocating don't draw lines. I'm advocating let's draw the lines that that are important that Jesus yes. would draw. Yes. And yes, when I've talked, when another Catholic priest I knew years ago, I said to him one time, uh, we both agree about who Jesus was, what he was sent to do. He was God. He was man. He died. He was resurrected, and our, we know God only through Him. I said so we both agree on that. There's things we disagree on, but I said that's a huge thing to agree about. Mm-hmm. That's like that's like 99 of it. Right. It's, it's, it's the parties about Jesus, and if if He's the center of it, and the theology about Jesus and Him being God and man and redemption for our sins. If somebody is on that, if somebody was on that page about Jesus, and on, and they're on the same page about trusting Scripture, and you might whatever word you might use, whether it's, uh, you know, the, more, the biblical word is it's inspired. I believe it's inspired from God. It's God breathed. If people believe those two things right there, who Jesus is, and and what he did, and the inspiration of Scripture, I can be on the same page with them. Right. That you know, Paul Paul talks about. Um, he basically says there's. Two different kinds of people. Paul actually says this in his letter to the Romans. There's those who have the spirit of Christ in them and those who do not. It's either or. And you might say, well, how do we know? Well, to some degree, part of our job is discern. And we, well, you can tell when somebody has a spirit of Christ in them because they're, they're all about Christ. They exalt Jesus. There's a, there's a spirit about them. And so uh, being doctrinally correct does not ensure you have the spirit of Christ. The Pharisees are proof of that. They were doctrinally hmm. Hundred percent. They scored hundred percent on doctrinal tests, but Jesus Himself said, "You don't have the Spirit of God in you." So I'm, again, I'm not advocating not concerning doctrine. I went to seminary. I studied these things. I like to talk about these things, but doctrinal correctness is not the goal. Loving one another in the Spirit of Jesus, with Jesus at the center of the love, is the goal. Yes. So people can. Be off, at least in our mind, where we're going to use the air quotes. They can be off doctrinally from us, but they they love the poor, they love Jesus. They're trying to get people to live holy lives, so they're so they're off on what we would call you know a doctrinal. Well, and point. I would say the central thing is they love Jesus. They love Jesus because there are people that might love the poor. They don't. Well, love agreed, Jesus. and that's why I threw the and, love and, Jesus and, in and there. So yeah. and so. The, the last thing I'll say on this one is people might say, well, why is this important? Why can't we just stay in our, stay in our lane, the Baptist lane, Methodist lane, Catholic lane, and finish the race that way? Well, when Jesus prayed in John 17, he said, I pray they'd be one, Father, so that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Mm-hmm. It seems as if having these kind, this kind of love for other Christ followers, whether they be Catholic, Methodist, King James 1611 people— Something is unlocked in the spiritual world where people who don't follow Jesus start understanding things about Jesus that they didn't understand. Jesus said they, they believe that I was sent by God and God, they see that you love them. So the Bible tells us that Satan has blinded the eyes of those who don't believe. Maybe, I don't know exactly for sure, maybe it's our love for one another as Jesus prayed in John 17 that unblinds their eyes they start seeing things something happens in the invisible world when unity happens between churches and in a community that those who follow jesus and people who don't know jesus start to see him not because oh we see these churches together but because something that our love does unleashes something in the invisible world and that god starts awesome. and so the outcome is evangelism mass evangelism because we love each other wow outstanding of course you remember 
and they asked Jesus what the couple of the you know the greatest commandment was: love the Lord God with all your heart. So second was liking unto it. Yeah. Love your neighbors as yourself. So, I mean, if we can get those two down, then we can talk about the little minor points, Matt, that we disagree on. So far, we haven't got one and two down very well, in my no, opinion. No. And loving each other doesn't mean, I mean, you know, you've, you've, you, I'm sure you've experienced this. My people will say, well, I love them, but they still have a smug attitude toward the people they say they love. I love them, but they're just wrong. Yeah. Well, loving, I mean, we don't need to have a whole time. We're not going to have a whole podcast about love, but we all know what that means. You can love somebody and disagree with them and still believe they have the spirit of Christ. Exactly, exactly. Great podcast. Again, maybe we should do a podcast one of these days on the four or five things that matter that are really important and trash all the rest of them. But anyway, (laughs) again, thanks for listening to Upstream Following Jesus, the media outreach of Exodus Church in Bloomington, Indiana. For Matt Newsbaum, this is Mike Richardson saying thanks for listening. See you next time.